right. Well, welcome. It is good to see everybody this morning. Um, I love that video that we just showed, and the th and the reason is is because th th it describes the church. The church is a body, and the church is a family. The church is here. The church is us, and I love it when family gets together. All right, I love it when family gets together, and and. Um, I always have, you know, around the holidays, you know, all of our family that's anywhere in the area, you know, we all get gathered together and sometimes people will drive in from out of state and that to be together. It's good for family to be together and that's what this is. This is family and if you're here today, you may be visiting, you may be, you know, looking at churches, you may be, uh, uh, um, you know, just checking things out. I want you to know that you are welcome here. I want you to know that you were wanted here, uh, wanted in the sense of we want you here, not wanted in the sense of your pictures on the wall. Uh, I want, <laughs> I'm sorry, that's just, that's just how my mind works, Rich, um, but uh, Rich's picture might be up here, I don't know. But no, seriously, this is a place where you can belong. This is a place, you know, one thing I love about uh, this church body is we really don't take ourselves too seriously but we take serving the Lord very seriously. And um, that's one of the things, there's a lot of things I love, but that's one of the things that I love about this church. Well, I want to welcome you to week three of this series that we're in, and the series is called Everyone Gets to Play. It's a series about living the kind of life that Jesus calls us to live and says that we can live, and empowers us to live. It's a series about becoming a disciple. When Jesus calls us, he doesn't call us to just believe in him, although that, that's a key part. That's a starting point. We come to, 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 to faith in Christ, you know, and that's how we're saved. That's the entry point. You know, it's, it's, it, but, but while it's true that simple faith in Jesus is what saves us, true faith is lived out and it's evidenced by the lifestyle of a disciple. The reality is there is so much more to our life with Christ than someday going to heaven to be with Jesus. We get to journey through life with Jesus right here and right now. And that's amazing. And it's a blast. Sometimes it's tough, but it's a blast. I mean... Spending your life just looking forward to heaven, you know, is, is, if that's all we're doing, that's like walking into Zagreb's. How many have ever been to Zagreb's? Oh my gosh, those steaks are, oh, and, oh my goodness, they're, they're so good and they're so juicy. But if it's like walking into Zagreb's, having them place a thick, juicy steak in front of you, and you just sit there thinking, boy, this sure looks good, sure smells good. Someday, some glad day, I'm going to be able to dig into that. I'm going to be able to, 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 to taste that. I'm going to be able to taste how good it is. I'm going to be able to eat it. I can't wait for that day. Jesus says we don't have to wait. We don't have to be satisfied with just looking at the steak and just smelling the aroma. We can dig in and we can taste it now and we can enjoy the full experience of it right now and he's already paid the cost for it. That's 
Again, that's how my mind works. I think about food a lot. But that, that's, you know, uh, <laughs> I do. <laughs> our relationship, can you tell? Our relationship with Jesus isn't just relegated to someday in heaven. We get to do life with him now, every day. And we get to do the things that he did. See, doing life with Jesus can be as exciting a journey as we want it to be. And it certainly was an exciting journey for the early church. The story of the early church is told in the book of Acts. If you're new to the Bible, or, then, then uh, uh, I recommend that the way to start reading, and if you're brand new to it, open up, find the New Testament. The Bible's broken into, into, divided into halves, Old Testament, New Testament. Find the New Testament, read the first four books, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Those are called Gospels, and they tell the story of Jesus' life from different perspectives. So they'll have different details, different ways of viewing something, but they tell the story of Jesus' life and then get to the book of Acts. Actually, if you want, read Matthew, Mark, and then John, and then Luke. Problem, the Proverbs helps you solve problems in life. That's right. But um, if you wait till the, uh, you read Matthew, Mark, and John, and then you read Luke, and then go straight into the book of Acts, because that's like part one and two, the same writer wrote both. So that's an interesting, uh, gives an interesting perspective, interesting way to, to read it. So anyway, um, the, the, the book of Acts is, is the, you know, it tells the story of the early church. After Jesus left, you know, what did the disciples do? And, you know, last week we said that Jesus taught the disciples a new way of life. We talked about, you know, change lives, and what that's talking about is living, learning to live life as Jesus uh, uh, lived it and calls us to live it. And that's a life that's empowered by the Holy Spirit, a life of confidence, a life of boldness, living the message of the gospel in the power of the Holy Spirit. The early Christians were empowered by the Holy Spirit to live out the message of the gospel. And when you consider all that it entails, you'll look at it and say, that, that looks impossible. We look at that there in the book of Acts, and then we look at our lives, and we say, there's no way I can do that. You've given us an impossible task, Lord, but the thing is, it's an impossible task that is possible. It is possible, because he makes it possible. Second Peter chapter 1, the apostle Peter wrote this, By his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. So for living the message of the gospel and the power of the Spirit, we already have at our disposal all that we need. Let's continue. We have received all of this by coming to know him, the one who calls us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. What we need for the task, in other words, what we need for the task is all found in our relationship with Jesus. And the key to accessing what we need is getting to know Jesus better. That's the key, our relationship with him. That's our key to accessing it. And then he goes on, verse 4, And because of his glory and excellence, he's given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. We can live the life that Jesus calls us to live. We don't have to live as a victim of our circumstances. We don't have to live in fear and defeat. 
We don't have to be defined by our failures, by our past, by our circumstances, by others' opinion of us, or any labels that anybody would want to put on us or that we put on ourselves. God gives us the ability to rise and to live above all of that. We don't have to continue in the habits and addictions that trip us up. Jesus has already provided everything we need to live life free from all of that. God has given us his word, which is full of promises for us to, 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 to tap into and to draw from and to stand on. He's given us relationships in the church that encourage us and support us and hold us accountable. And that help each other, we help each other in the, in the church family. And he empowers us. He's given us an empowering by the Holy Spirit. So we have all that we need, but it takes being intentional about it. Peter continues in verse 5 of this passage. In view of all this, it says, make every effort to respond to God's promises. Supplement your faith with a generous provision of moral excellence and moral excellence with knowledge and Knowledge with self-control and self-control with patient endurance and patient endurance with godliness and godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love for everyone. It takes some effort on our part. We have to decide, I am going to do this. I'm going to tap into everything that God, and I'm going to reach for, and I'm going to strive for, and I'm going to reach, I'm going to live the kind of life that God wants me to live, and I can live by the empowerment of his Holy Spirit. You know, one time when talking with the disciples, Jesus said that there are some things that are humanly possible. It's in Matthew 19, 26. Some things are humanly impossible, but with God, everything is possible. You see, for the believer, our filter of what is possible and what is not needs to start with God. Otherwise, we're putting human limitations on God. We wouldn't think of it that way, but when we, when we look at something as being impossible and God's never going to do that, we're putting human limitations on God rather than living life through the lens of God's possibilities. We tell ourselves sometimes that you know, the, it, it, it's impossible to really live like Jesus, really live like he, like he calls to live us in the kingdom of God, so we settle for less. Because in our mind, our mind tells us it, it, that's impossible to do. Nobody can really live like that. I mean, Jesus was Jesus, and we're not him, so we can't live like that. And we settle for less. I mean, sometimes we tend to dismiss it altogether as simply not doable, so why even try? We're defeated before we even begin. You know, sometimes believers will say, we as believers will say that, you know, we believe God still works in supernatural ways today. We just don't believe that God will work that way through us. You ever found yourself thinking that? Oh yeah, I still believe God still does miracles. I believe all of that. I believe he heals the sick. I believe he performs miracles. I mean, 
you know, I heard about a story one day in, in Africa, or I heard about a story down, you know, in Central America or South America, and I heard about this story, or I know someone who, you know, had this, and God healed him and touched him, and, 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 and oh, yeah, I believe he does all of that. But he's not going to do it through me. Or for me. See, we feel kind of safe as long as there's some distance between us and the story. But when it gets close and God says, I want to use you today. I want to use you on the ministry team. And I'm going to have somebody come up and you're going to heal them. Or I want you to go into that hospital room and I want you to lay hands on the person. Not just visit with them but lay hands on them and heal them. We're fine with somebody else doing that. Right? Oh, but I can't do that. We hesitate when it's us, right? We need to ask ourselves, do we really believe that God can do it can do his works through us or for us? If the answer is yes, I do believe God can and will use me to heal the sick. Then let's be looking for opportunities to pray for the sick with faith and expectation. Now, what does that look like? It can look like many things. It can look like um, you're at work and somebody comes in and says, oh, my back is really hurting me today. You know, I, I did something to my back. I pulled a muscle and I, you know, or, or, or whatever, um, uh, you know, and, and, you know, you're sitting there. All of a sudden your mind starts going, wait a minute, we talked about this. We heard about this, you know. God empowers us. Uh, I'm one of the us, so I guess, you know, maybe, and I'd say, well, you know, I, I'm a Christian, and I believe that God still heals today. Mind if I pray for, the, pray for you for that? And then you pray for him. But not in a way that's like, oh, dear God, I ask you to come right now. I mean, you know, I, 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 we do that at workplace. We're going to get some feedback. All you got to do is like, you know, Say this is the person. They've lost some weight recently. Okay, this is the person. And just stand there and say, Lord, I just uh, ask you to come and touch my brother's back and ask you to relax the muscles and relieve the strain and stress and take away the pain and uh, just heal them. Let them know that you love them and uh, just take away the pain and, and heal whatever's at the root of that. Something simple like that. You don't have to make a big scene. You don't have to, you know, do this number. It, it just, you know, like anybody walking around or what they're looking would just think you're having a conversation. It's what we call being naturally supernatural. You know, so, so it, 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 it can look like that. Or an opportunity, a little bolder, uh, just go out on the street and just look for somebody and just, Wait to see if, you know, see if God points out somebody to you, kind of draws your attention, somebody, and 
go up to him and excuse me, I know this sounds, may sound kind of weird, but um, uh, I'm a Christian and I'm just going out and seeing if there's anybody I can pray for today. Right? And just, and if they say, no, I'm okay, then okay, go to somebody else. And you'd be surprised how many people will respond to that with actually, yeah, you can pray for this or you can pray for that. And you'll see, have more people respond with yes than you will with no, I'm good. I have no idea where I was in this. In the kingdom of God, what is humanly impossible becomes possible by the presence and the empowering of the Holy Spirit. So it's not our limitations that we should look at. It's His limitations. And guess what? He doesn't have any. He doesn't have any limitations. So we need to change our thinking. We need to start believing that it is possible to live the life Jesus calls us to live, a life of victory over the problems, over the issues, over the besetting sins that would seek to tear us down, a life that's empowered by the Holy Spirit. That's what a disciple does. And that's what he calls us to be and to duplicate in others is discipleship. Second point, you and I have an invitation to the Holy Spirit, and he's waiting. After Jesus was resurrected, the disciples were gathered together in, you know, uh, uh, were gathered together, and, 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 and Jesus appeared to them, and he said this in John chapter 20, verse 21. It says, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I'm sending you. So we've got a job to do. He's, we, he's sending us out, and he says, then he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. When Jesus breathed on them, they received the person of the Holy Spirit. And it's the Holy Spirit who empowers us to live the life that Jesus modeled. He wasn't just living his life doing good things, but he was showing us life how it's supposed to be lived. He was modeling it for us. And the Holy Spirit empowers us to live the kind of life he modeled, a life of purity, a life of holiness, a life of integrity, a life of honesty, a life of kindness, a life of compassion, a life in which the kingdom of God being proclaimed and demonstrated through the power of the Holy Spirit is the norm, not the exception. Jesus showed us how to do life, not just his teachings, but the things that he did. He demonstrated how to operate in the power of the Holy Spirit and how to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> See, we need to understand something. We need to understand that Jesus was 100% God. And at the same time, he's 100% man. Colossians 2.9, it's not in your outline, but you can write down the reference. Colossians 2.9 says, For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. All the fullness of God in a human body. He's 100% God, 100% man. 
And because he was human, he can identify with our struggles. He can identify with our weaknesses because he lived as a human being. He knew what it was to get tired. He knew what it was to be weary, to be hungry. He experienced the things that we experience. He fully entered into our human experience. And when he worked his signs and wonders and he healed the sick, and he cast out demons. He did it as a man who was empowered by the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> as a man who was empowered by the Holy Spirit. Jesus didn't do any miracles until after the Holy Spirit came in power or, or, or came on him at his baptism. If you notice that? Nothing, not, not, nothing before that. See, it's important to know that, that that's how we operated because if Jesus did the works he did as God, then there's no way that we can do the same things because you and I are not God and we never will be. But if he did the works that he did as a man who was empowered by the Holy Spirit, then we can do them because it's the same Holy Spirit that we have in our lives, the same Holy Spirit who empowers us. Jesus gave the Holy Spirit to the church when he breathed on the disciples, and on the day of Pentecost, there was an unleashing of gifts and of power as the disciples were baptized in the Holy Spirit. That was for the disciples in the early church, and it's for you and it's for me as well. God's intent is for that to be the norm. He's invited us, and he's waiting for our response. He's not waiting for us to, to get perfect. He's not waiting for us to figure everything out. He's not waiting for us to get more education. He's not waiting for us to memorize more scripture. He's waiting for us to step up, step forward, and step out. That can happen as we begin to see ourselves and we begin to see the world as God sees it. See, we need to let God determine our worldview, how we see things and how we interpret things that happen. That doesn't happen overnight. Our minds need a transformation. And it's a transformation that everything in our culture and everything around us fights against. See, we're brought up in a culture that does not accept the values and the priorities that belong to the kingdom of God. It doesn't see our culture doesn't see things through the same lens through the same lens. Doesn't see the the you know uh, the the world through a kingdom lens. We're brought up in a culture that treats supernatural activity of God with what skepticism and suspicion. Right. We're brought up in a culture that calls a catastrophic really bad event, no, I'm going to say, catastrophic event like a hurricane, an act of God. But when someone's healed of something, a cancer has gone, some other disease has gone, whatever, they're cured, right? They, they've been cured. Oh, the medicine worked. How about giving God some credit? I'm not against medicine. I think it's great. I use it when I need it. But I also pray. And I've seen God work both ways. 
Either way, I'm giving him the credit. See, Paul said in Romans 12, 2, and again, that's not in your outline, but you can write down the reference. Romans 12, 2 says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We need to think differently as citizens of the kingdom of God and not of this world. We need to begin to have our minds renewed and our minds transformed by seeing things through God's lens. We need to think differently. Countercultural thinking is not going to come easy. It's going to take attentionality and effort. And that means you and I have a decision to make. But it's a decision that's worth it. It's a decision to live life that's empowered by the Spirit, taking our lead from what God is doing. That's how Jesus lived. That's, that, that was the key to Jesus' ministry. John 5.19 says this. Jesus said, I tell you the truth. The Son can do nothing by Himself. Now, why was that? Why could the Son do nothing by Himself? Because He was 100% human, and that's how He walked. He walked to this, worth, this earth as, mankind, as a man, right? But what the Father was doing, the Father was going to empower Him to do. So He says, I tell you the truth, the Son can do nothing by Himself. He only does what He sees the Father doing. So he's looking for that God activity. He's looking for the Father's activity in this world. He's looking, he's walking around, and he's waiting to see, okay, what is God saying? Whatever the Father does, the Son does also. That's what made Jesus' ministry effective, and that is what will make our ministry effective as well. If we begin to see, look around us with eyes, we train our eyes to see what is God doing in this situation. So often we just see what the enemy, oh my gosh, the devil's really working overtime in this situation. He's got this going on and he's got this going on. Now he's throwing this at me. Well, what about looking instead of through those eyes, what about looking through eyes of what God is doing and looking for training ourselves to see what God's hand is doing in the situation? I want to read something that there, there's been a verse that has um, messed with my head for a long time. And I'm just now really beginning, I've been, you know, go over and over it for years. And, and you know, I, I'm beginning to, to renew my thinking in this. And that is John chapter four, 14, something Jesus said. Verse 12, he said, I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done. And that's fine, okay? I believe we can do that. We can heal the sick, and we can do the same works that Jesus said that he did. But he doesn't stop there. He messes with us. Because then he goes, and even greater works. Because I'm going to be with the Father. What do you mean greater works? We're going to do greater works than Jesus did? I don't know about you, but that messes with my head. How can I do greater works than Jesus? I'm just a person. So is Jesus. But Jesus was always looking to see what the Father's doing, and that's the key to his ministry. Saying, okay, Father, what are you doing in this situation? What do you want to do? And we look for that and we listen to the Holy Spirit. 
And as he directs us, he empowers us, and we can do the stuff Jesus did. There's another saying around the vineyard, doing the stuff. And that's what we're talking about, doing the stuff that Jesus did. The same things. Not on our own. Not by saying, I'm just going to walk into the hospital and just empty it out. I'm just going to go room to room, you know, lay hands on people, be healed, be healed, be healed, be healed, be healed. I can try that and they'd usher me out and lock me up. But if God says, I want you to go pray for this person, I want you to go lay hands on this person. Or if I'm walking into a, into a, 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 a room where, where somebody is sick and you know, I'm saying, okay, okay, God, wh- what do you want? And I, I hear God speaking to me and saying, I want you to pray for this person. What do I do? Well, I'll tell you what I do right away. I can't do that. I can't. What, what will anybody think? There's people around here, you know, and, and, and it's like, that's the enemy hits us with that. So we just, okay. Okay, God, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to pray. I'm going to leave the results in your hands, but I'm going to pray. Say, so what happens in the person's not healed? I don't know. At least they'll know I loved him enough to pray for him. Maybe God was just wanting to see if I would do it. I don't know. Let me ask you another question, though. What would happen if I prayed for them and they are healed? Or what would happen if I was, if God was going to heal them, but I was too afraid to pray? See, this is a learning thing. We're all learning in this. We're all growing in this. But this is the kind of life that Jesus wants us to live, one that is empowered by the Holy Spirit. Jesus lived as a man who was empowered by the Holy Spirit and did what he saw the Father doing, always looking to that. Those are the kinds of eyes that we need to have, eyes that are looking to see and discern what God is doing. That's when we become effective. That's the kind of life God invites us to live. And when we start to live like that, there is nothing like it. There is nothing, there's nothing like the feeling that comes from knowing that God just used you in a situation. Whether it was sharing Jesus with somebody or seeing somebody healed or, or whatever it is. There's nothing like that feeling that says, God just used me to bring his kingdom to somebody else in some way. That makes all the struggle, it makes all the headache, it makes all the difficulty that we go through, it makes it all worth it. I want to close with one more scripture. I'm going to let out early today. It has nothing to do with what you told me earlier. I guess some golf thing is going on, I don't know. <laughs> oh, Dell. <clears throat> I want to close one more scripture. John chapter 3, verse 8. 
We've looked at this before, but I'm going to look at it again. The wind blows wherever it wants. Just as you can hear the wind, but can't tell where it comes from or where it's going, so you can't explain how people are born of the Spirit. What I want us to see in that is that the Holy Spirit is moving. The wind is blowing. The Spirit is moving. He's moving in our lives. He's moving in the church. He's moving all around us. And just like we can't know which way the wind is blowing, he operates in ways and he moves in ways that sometimes surprise us, that we're not expecting. I've been hearing stories from some of you recently about that, that happening. I wasn't expecting this. I didn't know this. And God is, is, is moving. There's a wave of the Spirit that's coming through. There used to be an old, this is going to really show my age, but how many remember somebody called the Beach Boys? Okay, Beach Boys. Yeah, loved them, yeah. All right, well, they, there, there was a song you used to sing, Catch a Wave and You're Sitting on Top of the World. Remember that? Catch a wave. And... Anyway, I won't sing it. <laughs> um, anyway, um, when it comes to the Spirit, that's what we need to do. There's a wave of the Spirit beginning to move. And I'm talking to this church right now. There is a wave of the Spirit that is beginning to move, beginning to blow. And whether you're talking about catching a wave or putting up your sails and catching the wind, whatever, follow it. Go with it. Is it going to take you out of your comfort zone? You better believe it. I've, I, 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 I love the, the, the messages I get. Man, I'm totally out of my comfort zone, but this is what God was doing, or this is what he was saying, or this is what I did. Yes, he takes us out of our comfort zone. I was telling somebody before service that um, I went whitewater rafting once in my life. One time, we were in Costa Rica, we were in the... Um, Ah, cloud forest, uh, in one of the cloud forests, a lot of them, in, in Costa Rica, and we uh, went whitewater rafting, our group went whitewater rafting down the uh, um, Serapiki River, however you pronounce it. Rapids were about level three, if you're familiar with any of that. Um, I managed to stay in the raft, not to fall out. Um, and I, that's out, that was out of my comfort zone. I don't tend to be that adventurous, okay? But everybody else was doing it. So I kind of like, I'm not going to be the chicken. I'm going to do... Now, when it came to zip lining, like, you know, so many feet above the tops of the tallest trees that I've ever seen. I didn't do that. But I wasn't going to be chicken on this river thing, so I went with them, and we had a great time, and, and it was exciting. It was fun. We were, uh, uh, one time we, got, we, we pulled over and stopped to eat, and then we jumped off this like 10 or 12-foot uh, uh, ledge into the river and swam back to where our thing was and surrounded by all these fish, which I found out later were like cousins to the piranha. Uh, 
they say that they're not dangerous, but you know they are related. And they're like related to the promo. Once I found that out, I would not have done that again. Anyway, um, what was my whole point in this? Um, yeah, out of my comfort zone. But I'm so glad that I did it. So glad that I did it. You know, that is, that, that's it with the things of God. God is going to start taking some of you out of your comfort zone. And you're going to be sitting there, or you're going to be there at work, or you're going to be somewhere, and, and God's going to whisper in your ear, I want you to pray for this person. I want you to ask this waiter or waitress if there's anything that, I, that, that you, know, you can pray with, for them about. Go for it. Go for it. I'm so glad I didn't stay back when it came time to go whitewater rafting with the group. I'm so glad I didn't let my fear stop me. You know what else? I mentioned about the zip lining, and it really was. It was above the highest trees. You're looking down on the highest trees I've ever seen in my life. I didn't do that. I'd look at pictures of my friends that were on that group of them doing it. Well, not pictures of them doing it, pictures right before they went. I, do I have a little bit of regret that I didn't? Yeah. Now, I can also say I'm also able to stand here before you today, <laughs> you know, which might have something to do with it, but, you know, go for it. You don't want to, you know, back off and then just say, well, man, I should have. Now, the other neat thing is, if that does happen, and you say, man, don't beat yourself up. We've all been there. We've all been there. There's grace for the process. There's grace for the learning. There's grace for the journey. There's grace when, when you know, we say, God, you know, I'm sorry. I, I really think you were telling me to pray for this person, and I didn't. I'm sorry. He goes, it's all good. I'm not mad at you. See, he just wants to invite us into a life like we can't even imagine at this point. And I don't mean to say that we're going to walk around with like lightning bolts coming out of our fingertips or, you know, you know anything like that. That's not the picture. You know, like there's always something. But I can look back at times when God used me in a situation Maybe I'm sharing Jesus with somebody or, 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 or whatever, where he used me and I was out of my comfort zone. I remember sharing Jesus with somebody and it's like, you know, just, just telling him about God's love and his grace and, 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 and salvation and, and, and that. And like, he's ready to pray. Just, I'm ready. Okay. And I'm thinking, no, 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 no. You don't understand. It's, this is too easy. God was already doing something. Anyway, I've talked long enough. Um, I want us to pray. Let's have the worship team come on up.